had her before I had God in my life. And I loved her. But I really love you now. The last nine years have been great. First nine years weren't so great. <laughs> you know, Mary will tell you, she, you know, God put us together. She was looking for no one and neither was I. Divine intervention stepped in and God has a master plan. And here we are, 18 and a half years later, serving him and trying to be an example in our marriage. So to continue my series on the boat series, brothers and sisters, you better get used to this boat because I think it's going to be here a while. And if you haven't signed our boat, make sure you sign our boat because I want to put this somewhere when we're done with this series. So if you're a first-timer here or you're a long-timer here and you hadn't signed the boat, after church, sign the boat, but get used to it. Today we're going to talk about the love boat. How many have never heard of a television show called The Love Boat? How many have never heard, raise your hand where I can see you, of a television show called The Love Boat? How many have heard of a television show called The Love Boat? I got a little clip I want to play for you this morning. Will you hit those lights? How many remember the music? Love, exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you. boat. Amen. So to start my series this morning, put up this sail. You know, great marriages take work. Great relationships take work. You know, I, I just want to tell you that me and Mary never fight. We never argue. We never scream or shout or holler or throw things. We never wait in the mail for our remote control to show back up from Dish Network. Our phones have never had a cracked screen on them. 
We've never pulled over on the side of the road and got out of the car out of anger. Me and Mary never fight. And if you believe that, I got some oceanfront property for you. <laughs> you know, great marriages take work. And the powerful truth to help your marriage is if you're not married today, listen, you still need to listen today because God will bring you someone. I was telling Mary that I can't wait for God to bring Justin Grimes someone because he eats a lot. And I, I hope she has some money when she comes. So if you're single and you think, well, this, me this message may not have anything to do with me, listen to me. Great marriages take work, and you're going to need a great example to follow. And even though me and Mary have uh, arguments and fights and fusses sometimes, we still want to be an example and an encouragement to other marriages. And we have examples and encouragements that we follow right here in our own church. And believe it or not, me and Mary watch other couples, learn from other couples. And, and, and a lot of those couples are sitting here today. They have great marriages. No mar marriage is perfect. Somebody understand that today. Great marriages take work. And, and, and in order for God to work on your marriage, somebody listen to me this morning. You need to take the makeup off. The, I mean, I'm talking about the real makeup off. What you get with me and her, you get real. Some days, man, I, I don't want to see you because we're probably fighting over in the office. We might be arguing up in the church. There's been times where she sat on that end of the pew and I sat on this end of the pew. We blamed it on the crowd, but no, we just couldn't stand to be around one another. Great marriages take work. There's no perfect relationship on earth. There was only one perfect, perfect, perfect perfect person and that was Jesus Christ how many hear me this morning so I want to give you some truths about marriage and, and the number one truth is that great marriages take work and it's worth the work how many have been married for some time now and they say it's worth it you know you have days you want to throw that towel in but you look back over your years and you say you know it's been worth it I had some rough times I've had some good times but my good times always seem to outweigh my bad times. Many times, people go from relationship to relationship to relationship because they're looking for something perfect. And you know who you are. I'm talking to you this morning. You go from relationship to relationship to relationship thinking the grass is greener on the other side. Well, I've learned a long time ago, if you'll work the ground that God gives you, the grass will begin to grow and it'll be beautiful. It'll be beautiful. And, I, and I'm not talking about somebody sticking with someone when they're abusive, when they're ugly, when they put their hands on you. Get away from that kind of cat. Get away from that lady. Get yourself gone from that idiot. I'm going to just be truthful with you. If you have to put your hands on somebody to love them, something's wrong with you. I wish somebody would amen me that don't believe in hitting women. Any men in the house of God this morning that don't believe in hitting women. Somebody say, give me a big roar, guys, if you don't believe in hitting women. Amen. Amen. Women, we don't like to get hit on either. Hear me now. Hear me roar. Don't put yourself in a position. Don't put yourself in that position where you're going to allow somebody to hit on you. and don't, You don't have to be in a relationship like that. Great relationships take work. You'll have disagreements. You'll have arguments. You'll have misunderstandings. But you don't have to put your hands on the other person. Oh, somebody need to hear that this morning. Many times people go from relationship to another relationship seeking something perfect. 
but there is no such thing as a perfect marriage. Relationships and marriages are high maintenance. Stand up, Mary. High maintenance. Turn around. Turn around. Set back down. Y'all better give my wife a big round of applause. Man, I'm just come out there and just jump on y'all like a spider monkey. That's not the high maintenance that I'm talking about. The high maintenance that I'm talking about today, relationships, marriages, they take a lot of maintenance. And the high maintenance that I'm talking about is a good, healthy relationship. You need to be willing to work on it. You need God's wisdom. You need God's help. You need God's divine intervention. I was watching a television show the other day where a cowboy and his wife were arguing and they were trying to keep the ranch from falling apart. And, and they just found themselves at, at wit's end. Anybody ever found themselves at wit's end with one another? And you just, you know, you just don't know if it's just, you should continue anymore. Well, that's what was going on in this movie that I was watching the other day. And the cowboy found his way to his horse and he rode up on the top of his mountain. And he got on his knees and he asked God to help him. And I'll never forget that, man. I love that part because he relied on God. And you and I have to learn to rely on God if we're going to have a healthy marriage. A marriage that's got some substance in it. Some, a marriage that's got some backbone in it. A marriage that's got some toughness in it. It takes the wisdom of God to keep you going. That's what I'm talking about. Philippians, I mean Psalms 34, 12. Open your Bible there. If you want a good, healthy relationship in your life, you need to be willing to work at it. You need, to be, you need the wisdom of God, and you need to understand that it is God who can hold you together. Amen. Cooper, is my mic on? I guess it is. I can hear. Psalms 34, 12 through 14 says, Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, Keeps your tongue from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Here's three powerful truths in this verse today. If you want a healthy, strong marriage, you need to control your tongue. Somebody ought to have said amen. You need to control your tongue. You need to hold your tongue. Some of us fell at that so quickly. And we call ourselves followers of the Lord. We call ourselves Christians. We call ourselves uh, sons of the high almighty God. But we're so, so quick to let our tongue just lead us the wrong way. Brothers and sisters, we need to learn to control our tongue. Another thing that's in this verse is to do good to one another. How many know that's important in a marriage? To do good to one another. Single people, if you're looking for love, you're looking for a relationship, you're looking for something... Do good to that other person, and that brings honor to God. If we, can I say something? The young people today, they don't treat women the way my grandfather and my dad and them did back in the day. They opened up car doors for them. They talked sweet to them. They listened to music that didn't have anything to do with hoes and all that kind of stuff in it. They listened to love music, and they danced, and they, they, they played, and they had fun together. That is love. Listen to me. Number one, control your tongue. Number two, do good to each other. Seek peace, the Bible says, and pursue it. Why is that important for our work, for our marriage to work? 
Because God designed us for relationship. The most important thing in your life besides your relationship with God are the people in you, especially your spouse. We're talking about the love boat. We're talking about giving our heart away. If any of you have ever been through marriage counseling with me, the number one thing I tell you is who the, the most important decision you'll ever make in your life is who you're going to serve. That's Jesus Christ. The second most important decision you'll ever make in your life is who you're going to spend the rest of it with. Who you're going to give your heart away to. Who you're going to give your... I gave my heart away to Mary. She owns it. That's why I'm so thankful that we don't argue from the heart. We usually argue from the neck up. Because she's stubborn. And so am I. She's more hard-headed than I am. I'm more ridiculous. She plays it safe. I want to take chances. We argue from the neck up, but we don't allow it to get into our heart. How many can argue with their spouse about something so stupid like the toilet seat up or the toothpaste left open? I got some mouthwash. The other day I woke up with some nasty breath, and we had some mouthwash on the counter in our bathroom. And, and I guess that she didn't put the lid back on right. So I just wanted to get this horrible taste out of my mouth. So I came in, and I grabbed the, 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 the mouthwash, and I started shaking it. And guess what? I'm wearing it now. Who, 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 who? Didn't tighten the lid up. I'm sorry. I did not plan on showering this day. But I had to take one or I was going to smell like Listerine. She snapped back at me. Well, you don't do this. You don't do that. And, you know, about 30 minutes later, we were fine. Why? Because we argue from the neck up. You need to learn to argue from the neck up. You need to not hold things in your heart. Not harbor things in your heart. Who you gave your heart away to is so important. Who you give your heart away to, you need to control your tongue and pursue peace, the Bible says. It's so important for me not to, not to be angry at my wife too long. It's not good for you. It's not healthy for you to hold a grievance against your spouse for a long time. Maybe you needed to hear that this morning when you came to church. Maybe God is speaking directly to you. You've been harboring something that your wife done 15 years ago. Brother, let it go. Maybe you're harboring something that your husband done to you a year ago. Let it go. Somebody praise God. Let it go. Pursue peace. Pursue peace. Pursue peace. In order to have a, a, a heart that's going to seek after God's ways, you got to pursue peace because God designed us for relationship. And listen to me. My relationship's worth more to me that, with her than it is any money I make, any title I hold, any possession that I have. She is my number one. Who you love should be your number one. Can I say this to you stubborn people? You don't always have to work. You can spend a little quality time with your spouse. Come on, somebody. If anybody's preaching the gospel and needs to hear that, it's this guy because I work all the time. But I know that she's more valuable than this work that I do. I need to spend quality time with her. 
I need to make time. She's always talking about, when are you going to make time for me? When are you going to make time for me? I said, I see you all the time. Men, am I the only one that goes through this? When are you going to make time for me? When are you going to make time? Well, you know what she's saying is, you're valuable to me, honey. I need that quality time. Some of our best time, I can't tell you all about all that. That would be even running around church there now. It's not your job. It's not your money. It's not your hobbies. If you're married, it's your spouse. You can have everything in the world, but if you lack a good relationship with a loved one, you're empty. And on the other hand, you can have very little, but if you have friends and a good wife or a good husband, you're fulfilled so rich that people won't understand how you walk around. It's sad to say, but many people only know what it's like to have a dysfunctional relationship. Many people come to Caney Creek Cowboy Church. They only understand how to have a dysfunctional relationship. You know what? God can get a hold of that this morning. God can fix that relationship this morning, just like he has so many who have come to this church with a dysfunctional relationship. One that they didn't know if it was going to last another week, another year, another month. Some people who are sitting here today came here and they had dysfunction in the relationship and they met a man named Jesus and they got on the love boat with Jesus. <clears throat> they got on the love boat with Jesus. Do you know that Jesus cares about your marriage? He cares about your spouse. He loves your children. He loves your home. And he wants to be included in all of that. Dysfunction comes, can, I, can you hear me? Dysfunction comes, disorder comes when God is not first in your marriage. I, I want to bring up a few points this morning if you'll allow me to. It's sad, but many people only know what it's like to have a dysfunctional relationship. Before my wife, before my wife, both of us were involved in dysfunctional relationships. We know what we were looking for, and it was not what we came from. Maybe somebody here this morning is looking for something a little different. You're in the right spot. There are so many homes that are full of stripes. And marriage is not at peace. And that's not what God designed. He said in the word that you read a while ago that he designed you to pursue peace. Not nagging, griping, complaining, cussing, hanging out with the boys all night. That's not peace. That's not God's best for your marriage. God wants you to enjoy your spouse. I believe with all my heart that God's divine connection, you with your mate, he has put you together. He wants you to enjoy your spouse and not be at odds with him or her all the time. So let me tell you what I've learned in 18 years with this woman and some things I still need to work at. Number one, if you're taking notes, is this. Work on being more patient. Who hears me? Who needs to work on being more patient with their spouse? You know what? Stand up real quick. If you need to work on being more patient with your spouse, stand up real quick. Okay, you can sit back down. For all you righteous people that didn't stand up, you're a liar. Probably most of you are just flat-out liars. We need to be more patient with our spouses. Number one thing I learned with Mary, I need to be more patient with her. And I thank God that I'm learning that every day. What she likes, what she wants. 
I want to make her happy. Who wants to make their husband happy? Who wants to make their wife happy? If not, you need to get out of that relationship today. If you're not in love, stop today. If you're not in love, stop. Go find somebody to love. Get out of that. But if you're willing to work on it today, you need to learn patience. If you want to see some longevity, I ain't even got the years that Joe and Linda got or Vic and Connie got or Pastor Collier and Miss Collier got. I ain't got those years yet, but I want those years with that beautiful woman who I love and worship the ground she walks on. Then I need to have patience. And I want to look some guys in the eye today. Look, you don't know everything. If your husband is a know-it-all, Stop being a know-it-all. You don't know everything. You don't always have to be right. Listen to her. Understand her. You're, you're a know-it-all. You will be single before you know it. Know-it-all. <laughs> this I know. I said all that in one sentence. <laughs> Patience. Women, understand your man. He works hard. He wants to provide for you. He wants to pay the bills. There's not a good man in this church that don't want to pay his own bills. So having you nag about money all the time is not helping him. Somebody ought to praise God and say amen if you understand that. Be patient with one another. Learn to talk. You don't always have to be right. And you don't always have to bring up hard things at, at the wrong time and then harp on it because we don't want to talk about it. Learn to be patient with one another. If you want a strong marriage that has some longevity, and there's a lot of divorced people that come to Caney Creek Cowboy Church. They've had marriages that have failed in the past, and now they're with this new one, and they got it all arm in arm, and they're looking all suave and stuff. But if you don't start getting on the love boat and start doing something different than you did in that other marriage you're going to have storms something caused you to have a divorce something your last marriage didn't work out your last relationship it didn't work out your heart was all flipping flopping around you didn't think you was going to make it but God will straighten it back out with this new one that you got if you if you just You know, listen, work at being more patient with your mate. Be more understanding and compassionate. I'm not a very compassionate person by nature, but I'm learning to be. Who knows that old dog can learn new tricks? Another thing they say is don't go to bed angry. When you do, it gives the enemy a foothold on your marriage. After you calm down, you need to talk it out and make peace. Anger grows if you don't deal with it in a timely manner. Who hears me today? Anger grows if you don't deal with it in a timely manner. Some of y'all right now need to go home after church. Get on your knees and talk it out. Ask God to come and help you fix it. Anger will destroy you. Because I know. I've seen it destroy so many people that come and sit down in my office and they hate one another. They loved one another two years ago, five years ago, 17 years ago, but now there's this thing that the devil has brought into their marriages called hate. It's called anger. They can't stand being around one another. God did not design us to have to go through those things. If you're single, listen to me. You start fixing your relationship by fixing you. 
I can't point out all her flaws and not expect to affect my flaws. I wish somebody would hear me today. Don't go to bed angry. Well, me and Mary sometimes go to bed angry, but we don't go to sleep without telling each other we love them. We get on our high horse. We get on our soapboxes. And, and, and if there's anybody else here, you'll understand. She'll go to her room. I'll stay in the living room. She'll doze off. I'll come to bed an hour or two later. We'll still be mad about the subject. I'll wake her up and tell her I love her. She says, I love you too. And then here we are at 1.30 in the morning, and she's telling me everything I did wrong. But we're just trying to compromise. We're trying to get the anger out of our bed, out of our life, out of our marriage. Let me say this. You don't have a happy bed if you got anger in it. I don't talk about those things. <laughs> Can I say another thing that will help your marriage? The third thing is for you to lighten up. Some people take things too serious. Lighten up. Who remembers when they courted their mate? When they were dating? How they had fun. They tickled one another. Go tickle somebody today. <laughs> There's a lot more to tickle these days. Lighten up. Have fun. Get on the floor. Roll around. Wrestle. Give your loved one a noogie. If they had hair when you married them and they don't now, it's easier. Lighten up. Lighten up. A merry heart does good medicine, the Bible says. Don't be too serious all the time. Proverbs 15, 13 says, remember to laugh and play and have fun with the people in your life. Me and my boys, we wrestle still. Now, they are big boys. They are strong boys, but they still can't take me. I got stuff I ain't showed them yet. But Mary be yelling at us from the living room, y'all breaking my china. You should have got some USA stuff. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Made in the USA. That stuff don't break. Can I say this? There's nothing more precious than a dad rolling around in the floor with his kids and a mama yelling at him for doing it. Laugh, have fun, play, joke around with each other. Go to the park, set, push each other on the swing. Do what she likes to do even though you don't like to do it. Do what he likes to do even though you don't like to do it. Lighten up. The fourth thing I want to tell you that will make your marriage strong is to avoid touchy subjects when possible. Things that stir up strife like difference in doctrines and politics and how you squeeze the toothpaste and who didn't put the toilet paper back on the little thingamajiggy. Avoid strife. Money. How many people understand that money destroys marriages? The devil wants you to bring up about how broke you are all the time, about how you ain't got no money or if you're not doing right with your money or they're spending their money on the right. Avoid strife talking about money. Can I say this to you? You're not going to be able to take your money to the other side. 
But with everything inside of me, Brother Vic, I believe that love goes to the other side. I believe when God calls her home or God calls me home, I'll be waiting on a bench for her. But I don't believe my money will be waiting on her. Listen to me, man. If you struggle, you're always, you, always going to have financial problems. Everybody, even that makes more money, has financial problems from time to time. Why let that cause you to get a divorce? Huh? Why let that cause you to, to, to have a day and a week of heartache and pain? Sit down like two adults and talk about your bills, talk about your money, put God in your money, amen? Put God in your money, and you promise you, you won't have money problems. If God gets his first, he'll allow you to always have enough in your house. Keep strife. Quit talking about touchy subjects. Some things just aren't worth it. The fifth thing, I think, for you to have a longevity marriage, a great relationship, to set sail on your love boat is accept your spouse for who they are. Some of y'all are fixing to get married. I'm doing marriage counseling right now with four people. I got four marriages within the next 90 days that I'll be doing. I tell them people all the time, I say, listen to me, accept him for him and accept her for her. That's the only way it's going to work. That's the only way it's going to work. Mary, come get in this boat. <laughs> Hurry up, girl. We're running out of time. Get on the other side. Don't fall in the hole. <laughs> We're totally different. Can you see that? Does anybody recognize that? We are totally different. That's why she said I can't buy a boat. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I rented one the other day when I sunk that thing. She grew up different than I grew up. She come from a different lifestyle than I came from. I came from a different lifestyle than her. My parents were very abusive. Her parents were the best godly example that parents could be. They were in church every day. The doors were open. Mary was raised in church. I wasn't raised in church. Mary's never been to jail. I've been to jail every time. That, man, I, I, I mean, I couldn't even walk down the street without going to jail some days. I've been in bars. I've been in fights. I've, I've had people try to kill me. No one would ever want to hurt my precious wife. We are totally different. We come from different sides of the tracks, per se. But God put us together, so we got to learn to understand one another in order to work this thing out. She wants to raise the kids one way. I want to raise them another way. Her way is better than my way sometimes, and my way is better than her way sometimes. So we compromise. Say compromise. Touch someone and say compromise. Sometimes you just got to compromise. Huh? Right? She wants to eat healthy. I want to eat. <laughs> Some days we have to compromise. She wants to drive the speed limit. I want to get there. <laughs> Some days we have to compromise. In order to have a healthy marriage, you first, and if you're single, listen to me, or if you're getting married, that person is going to be completely different than you are. 
That's what makes it so cool. They're not like each other. But you know what? After 17 years, 18 years together, she finishes my sentences. And I think the way she thinks. And God put us together as one. And when God puts something together at one, they begin to think like one. They begin to act like one. They begin to love like one. This is good stuff. I hope you're soaking it up. Amen. You can get out of my boat. I'm going to. Give my wife a round of applause. Amen. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Give me just a couple more. Listen to me. Your spouse might need you to forgive them. You need to learn to forgive and let it go. Sixth thing is forgiving. If your husband has come to know the Lord and done some things before he came to know the Lord, forgive him. If your wife has come to know the Lord and she done some things before she come to know the Lord, please, please, I'm begging you, forgive them. And let God take over. Huh? Because marriage is meant to be forever. Marriage is meant to be forever. Learn to forgive and let it go. Sometimes we have to do this on a daily basis, but don't hold offenses. Don't hold things against people. Jesus doesn't hold things against you. Who receives that today? If somebody's talking around you, listen, if Jesus will forgive you, then you need to forgive someone else. Me and Mary, we argue from the neck up. That means we never let things get into our heart. We don't allow those offenses to stick around too long. Can I say this? I don't remember what we argued about yesterday, but I promised you we argued yesterday. I don't remember what we argued about last week, but I promise you we argued last week. I don't remember what we argued about six years ago, but I promise you there's somebody in this church building that needs to hear, let it go, forgive. Because they remember what you did six years ago. They remember what you did two years ago. In order for God to bless your marriage, you need a fresh start this morning. Personally forgive them. Personally say, God, I'm forgiving her. I love her. I've forgiven her. God, I'm forgiving him. I love him. I forgive him. It's liberating when you forgive somebody because it's, it, it, takes the, it takes their power off of you. It, it, it takes it and just says, you know what, I really mean it. And it takes, it, it's liberating when you forgive because those people don't have no control over you. The last thing is be a peacemaker. <laughs> be a peacemaker. Be a peacemaker. Decide that you are going to be a peacemaker in your marriage, in your home, in your office, in your ministry, everywhere you go. I cannot stand people who always want to stir up strife. Always want to be right. Always want it their way. Be a peacemaker. My God, God will stop using you so fast if you don't have peace in your home. Because other people are hurting and I told Miss Vicky this the other day. I said, people are drawn to us, one, because of ourselves, two, because of our love for Christ, and three, because of the peace that we instill in our behaviors. 
not holding a grudge against your spouse, having peace, being a peacemaker. Listen to me. Here's the natural. Somebody gets in a fight at your Ephesians, Ephesians 4, 2 and 3 says to be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace, bond of peace. Brothers and sisters, we bonded together. And we should make every effort to keep peace when possible. I think there's a time for peace in your marriage today, in your relationships. All great marriages take work. Make it your goal to remember what you learned here today. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you and to bring you attention. <coughs> Who would ask the Holy Spirit this morning to, to bring to attention when there's not peace in your life? Who's given their heart away? And longs for peace today. Longs for a happy marriage, a happy life. You know, I never wanted to go over to my parents' house after I moved out. But I want a peaceful home where Justin and Dalton can bring their wives and their children and their grandbabies. I want love in my home. Let me ask you this today. Is there love in your home? Is there love in your marriage? Are there some areas you need to work on? Would you get up at this time and come down to the altar? You're not admitting that you're wrong. You're not admitting that you're right. You're admitting that you need God in your marriage. If you've been married 33 years and God is telling you to get up and there's some areas in your life you want God to help, then get up this morning as the band plays. Come forward and ask God to convict you and to help you. Amen. There's couples getting up right now. Maybe you're here today and you want God to bring you the right one. You want to open up your heart today for marriage. You want to open up your heart for love. Come to the altar this morning. Bear with God your problems. Take them to the cross this morning. God hears your heart. God knows what you want. He says, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Set sail with me this morning on the love boat. Come on this morning. Come on down here and set sail with me on the love boat this morning. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Lord, I'd ask you to have your way with these at the altar this morning. They give their heart to you their marriages, their lives. 
their needs, their desires. Lord, I pray that they would just wait on you in every area of their life. Holy Spirit, direct them this morning. Direct their steps to peace and love and hope and joy. thank you for this day. Restore, restore, restore right now, Lord. Rebuild, rebuild, rebuild right now, Lord. Restoration, restoration happening right now in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, thank you for this day. As we close, we want to give you the opportunity to give your life to Jesus right now. If there's anybody here that has never prayed and asked Christ to come into their life, pray with me right now. Just say, Lord, come into my life and save me right where you are. Right where you are, say, Lord, come into my life and save me. Today I make you my Lord and Savior. I know that I'm a sinner. Lord, please forgive me of my sins. From this day forward, I'm going to serve you. If you prayed that with me for the first time, would you raise your hand? Let me see you. One, two, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you in the back. Amen. Thank you, God, for those who gave their heart to you. Father, I thank you for the ones who are going to take what they learned. The Bible says the, where one or two are gathered, there you'd be. Me and Mary prayed over this message this morning. I believe you were here. I believe there was so much that we learned today. Let us take a piece of this and bring peace into our homes and our lives. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen.